I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. <laughs> you guys are listening to Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Lisa? I know, 2019. We made it. I'm Look, shocked. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Look. Yeah. Uh, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But the focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You heard it right here. Lisa Bolakaja is out. But what you, we're taping on, um, on a yeah, on an off day, day for it's her. <clears throat> you know, I figured, you know, I, I got to go out of town to go shoot this thing this week. So I was like, well, let's try to get one in. So I just called my dudes in. So we're just here to give y'all some game. You can't see me, but I'm setting up on the mic. He <laughs> visit give us some bars. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Derrick in the house. Writer, producer himself. I go, about to go shadow. I know. About to be directing some episodic shit in a minute. What? Let's put it out there. Shit. Yeah. Claim it. Claim the it. universe, hear it. I got this other, I got, you know, I think I told you I'm like the, fi- I'm in the, I'm a finalist and getting a grant for that, for, for that school thing, the school shooting thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got to, oh, she hear about that soon. There could be a lot of interesting directing things that could pop up. Good. In Love the next it. three to five months. That'll be fun to shoot this year. Oh, sometime. fuck yeah. Because we can get the location. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. no problem. So yeah. good. Um, then we got my man, big bro, <laughs> Jeffrey Not for Thorne. Long. I'm going to be working for you in about five minutes. <laughs> Jeff Thorne, everybody. Writer, producer, executive producer. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, animator, cartoonist, all kind of shit. <laughs> Just hoes gotta eat too. <laughs> That's what I said. Whole cake, whole cake, whole cake for everybody. Look, author, uh, pimp dog. I hey, know. what's up, y'all? Storyteller extraordinary. I know. Look, it just just all kind of hyphens. Okay, <laughs> okay. That's gonna be my production company. Okay, production. You should. That'll be the shit. So, welcome to the show, y'all. What's going down? How y'all doing? I mean, <clears> happy good. New Year. I'm happy New Year, everyone. Yes, yes. It's just, it's tough. You know, it's just been wild. It's the yeah. last. The last three months have been wild. Yeah, it's been an interesting yeah. year. I liked um, it. I mean, except for that idiot in the White House who? and all of that crap. Who? I don't remember his name. I don't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's weird. It's been such a big split between all the crazy political stuff mm-hmm. that's possibly the end of our nation or career stuff was great. Mm. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's been a real ping pong match. Like, every mm-hmm. day, I don't know how it's going to begin or how it's going to end. Right. And uh, if we're just strictly talking about uh, movies and TV... It was a banner freaking year in our industry. I mean, people put out some of their best work, some of them. Some of the films and TV shows that came out this year, you just like, mic drop, mic drop, mic Mm -hmm. drop, mic drop. Like, people just came to play. Yeah. And it's funny, there actually was a little bit of a drop in how many shows we had the year before between... Oh, really? Like, eight or nine. It wasn't that many. So we had a net loss of of what's on the air. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we have too many anyway. But yeah, way too many. Shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I only saw three good shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only saw three good shows. I only saw three good shows. Which I mean, one were you? 
I, you know, I've been saying since last January mm-hmm. that Babylon Berlin yeah, is the show we're going to watch. And then the follow-up show, which I've watched. Does it have Berlin in there again? It's called Dogs of Berlin. <laughs> it's a spinoff? No. It's a modern-day okay. cop drama. It's sort of like a, a true detective type of thing. Set in Berlin in the modern day. It's so interesting because you know, like we have this whole thing about diversity, mm-hmm. and like, and then we look at Germany as being this monolithic, this monolithic thing. The show is about a it's, it's a white cop is is, is a co lead. Mm-hmm. His co partner is a Turkish homosexual vice cop. Wow, go Germany! And I was like, fuck, this is and, and, and that's and, progressive. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> Germany yeah. dropped the mic. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, right. that's the co fucking lead of this show. Right. It's right. crazy. Hmm. It was crazy. I mean, and the guy, the lead cop, mm-hmm. his brother and his mother are like part of the, the like like. They're neo Nazis, <gasps> so it's this wow. real kind of like what the, I mean, like like oh, oh, I need to watch this crazy. Like they're yeah, basically damn. like they're really like like exploring their own problems. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the, the show. I didn't tell you had time. This like tell me about the opening. Yeah, tell the, the opening. yeah, the opening just got me. I was like, I'm watching this fucking show. <laughs> watching this trip show. there, trip there. Okay, it starts off and there's this guy. It's the lead cop guy. You know he's a cop yet, but he's just he's fucking his girl. Oh, okay, and then the door opens. And it's her son, who's about five. And he like <laughs> stops and, and 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 he says, you know, like um, so and so smells like the like his brother smells. And he's like, what? So then the guy gets up, goes in the room. It's his the the toddler. He's diaper. He's, he had changed his diaper. Okay. He changes the diaper and he looks out the window, and he sees these police lights like down the street, like two blocks away. And the camera kind of like fades off and does this drone shot down, down, down and gets closer to the thing. And then, the, and then that guy, he walks into the frame and he's like, I'm a cop, I'm here. To, blah, blah, blah. He still has the baby in his hand walking up on the crime scene. <laughs> what the hell? He didn't put the baby down. What that the t- hell's wrong with this that guy? That tells you a lot of, I don't know. Damn, That's dude, good. put the That's baby good. down. What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, he took the baby to the crime. Right. It's raining. Fair he enough. He took the baby, and I was like, I'm watching this show. <laughs> All right, show. I'm with it. I'm, I'm watching it. this I'm show. I'm watching this show. You have, your strange thesis has intrigued me. Because <laughs> I, like, well, I, I was like, why would you bring the baby? Right. Why wow. would you bring the baby? You Jody need to see. He needs to see how the world is. It's so crazy. Early. Because he don't care. Yeah, he won't remember this. You know what I mean? That's what he's telling you to me. you find out all the stuff that he's involved in right. which I don't want to tell you right. he just doesn't know how to live his life he's right. a cop who's fucking up on every right. aspect imaginable <laughs> every aspect imaginable uh, why but, did you take you my know, baby to Christ yeah. it's crazy there's no boundaries oh so, so that's a cool that's show Dogs of Babylon uh, yeah Dogs of no Dogs, dogs of Babylon okay. and then I watched two episodes of Counterpart Mm. Oh, which Amy is, Burke's thing. Yeah, which is really fucking good. Yeah, I love that show. Really, but that's a show good. you gotta watch it. You can't watch it while doing other no, things. No, you totally gotta watch it. You, you need totally to turn on your brain watch and watch that show. Yeah, because there's so many little plants that are like, oh, see, is, is that that? Oh, so mm-hmm. it's really. So those are my, you know, like my top three shows of the year. Okay. Um, what about you? For last year, top three. Well, here's the thing. I was watching a lot of stuff on Netflix, so I got a delay. I was about to say, most of my shit is on Netflix. I got right. a delayed thing on The Sinner <laughs> Season 1, okay, um, which I highly recommend. And I'm purposely not watching Season 2 because I want to just binge it like I did right. Season 1. Um, <laughs> say what you want about Jessica Biel. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Herschel, yeah, uh, yeah. Part of the reason I didn't want to watch it at first was I thought it was going to be like, look at this awesomely built lady right. having adventures. Nothing against you, Jessica, but people have been casting you that way a mm-hmm. lot. And I see now an actress that's been trying to let people know I can actually do this. Mm. 
Uh, so I watched it, and I thought, oh, my God. And you know my rules about sex right. and stuff in um, TV shows, mm-hmm. especially. Uh, I feel like it's wasted screen time. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to tell my story. I don't need to see the hydraulics. Mm-hmm. Uh, all grown-ups know how the hydraulics work. Mm-hmm. So unless there's something in the sex right. that I need to see <laughs> to understand the following plot stuff, mm-hmm. then I don't need to see it. Fade to right. black, let them talk after. I don't need to see it. Which right? reminds me, let me just interrupt you. Keep your thought really quick. Which One of my favorite sex scenes is in Underground. You know if you ever watch mm-hmm. it. No, you don't prefer those type of shows. No, I actually watched that <clears throat> one because it wasn't like that. But remember the uh, the the patriarch. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the the master. Yeah. They went down into her little lair yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she fucking but slaved that, his ass. But I was that like, was that was switching plot it around. Necessary. Yes. Right. That's what I was saying. See, I'm but, not prudish. Yeah. I'm just like I'm I'm very jealous of what I get to do in a small space. Right. So I don't want to waste screen time on. Crap, right. basically. The sinner blew up all expectations. Mm. Uh, expectations of Miss Beale, like I said, nothing against you, but there was nothing in your track record to say you can pull that out. <laughs> right. And damn, girl. Plus, she's the uh, executive producer of it, okay. which I thought, okay, vanity piece. Yeah. Right? New. Mm. Everybody came to play. Jeff Daniels in it with her? Jeff Bridges? No. Isn't it? He's the nicest man in the world. Played a president in Independence Day. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. That's right. Okay. And let me tell you, everybody came to play. Mm-hmm. And the sex scenes are I, as graphic as you can get on TV. They are all plot necessary. Uh, it is an amazing piece of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend that. High, it's definitely in my top five of the year. Um, the Dragon Prince, mm-hmm. uh, created by one of the creators of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Completely separate universe. <laughs> Netflix animated series. Go, go, and go, <laughs> and watch that show. Right. Um, it is everything you want something to be in terms of adventure. They effortlessly made it multi-ethnic. Mm. Uh, they made it, uh, generally when we talk about uh, inclusion, we're talking about uh, gender or right. color. There is a deaf general in this show. A deaf general in Lady, animation. Lady, that's my girl. In animation. Oh my, yeah. Wow. And she does, <laughs> she signs. <laughs> like, when she's talking, she's signing, so... They don't just sort of pay lip service to it, mm-hmm. bad pun, but they, she's signing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they didn't even apologize. They didn't even make a thing of it. That's mm-hmm. just, here comes a general, here's her translator in case anyone's standing behind her, right? Mm-hmm. Go. They didn't even bring it up. I was just like, what? And she can go, dude. <laughs> like, you know I love a battle girl. So I love that show. It's very well made. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really. Was that two? Was That's, that two. Two. That's two. That's two. Uh, TV show-wise. Uh, hmm. Hasan Minaj's show on Netflix. Uh, that's the one you like, I think. Isn't um, that? what's it called? Hasan Minaj. Yeah, he was on the Daily Show, and then he did a a, a, a one hour sp- or special one man show, and now he's got a show. It's what's the, what's the one you like about the um the Middle Eastern one? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Fauda? Fauda. No, that's, that's not, not it. That's not it. Oh, okay. That's what well, I Hassan Minaj's show has got some, one of those <clears throat> silly, like, topical mm-hmm. type, like, frontline or whatever. Oh, okay. But it, he goes in. He's mm-hmm. not playing with anybody. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's funny and it's smart and it's quick. And all power to you, Hassan. Ever since I saw him on a mm-hmm. correspondence dinner and he just <laughs> ate everyone alive right. with a grin. Gotta love that. <laughs> um, that show's great. Uh, uh, you can find it on Netflix easy. Right. Easy. Um, and uh, I haven't got into, um, I haven't got to see yet the new uh, 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 Black Mirror 
interactive Black Mirror. Oh, thing. I watched it. I didn't even realize it was well, interactive. Only if you watch it on your computer or your phone. Yeah, or we watched it on my dad's when TV. I was there. We watched it, and it kept coming up like you could do this, you could do that. I was like, No, you can't. Is that just part of the no? Thing, it's, you or? have to be able to actually do yeah, it. I just, I just thought it was, and I swear the episode just kept going. Kept. I was like, like okay, Stop. Can we end this episode? Because <laughs> usually, like an hour. That thing felt like it was an hour and forty-five minutes. It was long. Oh, and Black Panther <clears throat> freaking debuted this year. Yes, and we kicked all the ass, even though a lot of you people ain't watching it yet. You're gonna regret that later. Yes, you when all your friends are telling Black you. Panther's quest. Black Panther's well, the season's quest. not over yet. No, second half season's, season's coming year. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can't really count that because I made it, but it was one of my favorites. So whatever. Agreed. Um, so those are my TV shows. Movies? Movie man? I didn't get to none of my TV shows. Oh, TV? oh well, yeah. What okay. are your TV shows? Well, you're the host. I never think you're going to answer means, your own question. I don't never get to ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with Ozark. Really? I love it. I didn't make it past the first episode. It. All right. It's I'll just, go try again. It's just character. Okay. And and I think Jason Bateman is like such a great director. He's pretty I, good. I mean, he's really good. The way he uses the camera is ridiculous. He directed <clears> it too. He directs almost almost all of them. episodes. Yeah, season two he he was a little more like every other one or something. All right, I'll give season, season one. Episode he did at two, least five right. of. I mean, the, did the pilot. In the, yeah. I think the first three yeah. in the in the for sure. In the, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Um, and then I started. I mean, of course, I watched a lot of TV shows this year. Because I have to. Right. But it wasn't any that I stayed with. Yeah, that's the thing. So I still tend to, like you and you, I'll turn on Netflix and go back and watch Pinky Blinders. Yeah. And yeah. finish yeah. the season or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that's way more interesting to me. You know what I mean? I just love the acting and the I'm way trying it's to think if directed. Was, in a, did 12 Monkeys <laughs> end this year? I don't even like know. Such a long yeah, year. Like long, yeah. I think that was last year. Was that last 2017? year? 2017, yeah. Okay. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. <laughs> this was a long, it was both fast and long for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's two. And, man, I mean, everything, like I said, was, I was going back. Yeah. Trying to finish all my British shows. Well, that's the, like, yeah, The Sinner doesn't really count, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, remind so you, there's a fucking great British show. I totally forgot. It's, everyone needs a fucking, it's called The Bodyguard. Yeah, I saw what? that. What? That's a that's fucking good ass show. There's bad things about that. Oh, no. Show. No, it's really? supposed to be really show. Good. It's not racist at all? No. They, 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 I thought the, the, uh, the Middle Eastern contingent was kind of upset about how they were being portrayed in that. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, I guess I, I got to check it out. Because they're villains. Yeah. Maybe again, they don't like that. So again? what? But, but, but uh, look, look, they did that. Re- I mean, you, if you, if you, uh, it, it needs to be watched. You have to watch it. No, okay. I don't want to spoil it. Don't. But I'll watch the first episode. This thing that really got me. The thing that really got me is I watched three episodes. I think it's six. And, and then someone told me the guy who played Rob Stark was the lead. I was like, what? Hmm. Because he doesn't look like the guy from Game of Thrones Ooh, at all. No beard, cut no his beard, hair down. Cut his hair. And, and he's also speaking with a really thick accent. Oh wow! Like it's it's like he's Irish or Scottish or something like okay. that. Like I was because you can't place it's him. Well, he's doing you his know? job. Then. He's really really doing his job. Okay. Really really doing his job. They come to play with the I mean, accents. I mean, and it's like I mean, and, and look, 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 it's look, annoying. Look 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 look. <laughs> the black people and the Middle Eastern people who are on the police force are all you know like done well. I mean, mm-hmm. like the thing about the show is. You know, like there's another British show that had the girl like Carrie Mulligan in it. I can't remember what it's called mm-hmm. too, which is okay. I like that too, but it, it wasn't my top shows. Can't remember the title, but it was like it's one of these things where it's like they effortlessly put the different rate, the different right. people. It's it's a blend in a way okay. that doesn't seem like 
over here, like if the black person is seeing a show, then you know what? He's right. the smart guy. Yeah. He's the this. So he's like, he got to have a superpower mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a, in some way. Whereas in this, they're just there right. as the people. And it was so well done. Okay. And yeah, yeah. That's, That's fair. I think too, there was a, remember that show we, I think we talked about in one of the earlier shows where it was about the uh, beauty pageant thing. Uh, not the current one um, that just came on, but there was one earlier with. Um, the movie? No, it was a TV show on Netflix. It was a Netflix show. And like I can't the body shaming thing, the, the 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 fat thing. Yeah, where she was overweight and then she gets skinny and she goes yeah. to revenge oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. insatiable. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got all this advanced mm-hmm. negativity. And I was, I think I'm sick, so I was like, oh, I'll try this first episode. Right. Just to, like uh, my very first hate watch. Or something. <laughs> right. I'm gonna see how bad this really is. You know what? Everyone who said it was awful mm-hmm. and the grounds on which they said it was right. awful, fuck them. <laughs> um, you heard me. Because that show was everything they claimed they always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, it took no, took no shorts, pulled no punches, mm-hmm. was hilarious, mm-hmm. right? The only thing I would say is if you don't like the kind of sense of humor that creates like a show like uh, RuPaul's Drag Race or right. something like that. A little over the top. It, well, yeah, but see, big humor's legitimate. Yeah, you just either totally. like it or you don't. That's a legitimate grounds to criticize something. I don't like big humor. Mm-hmm. I like wit. Mm-hmm. Or I only like slapstick. I don't like right. all that drawing room crap. Right. That's fine. But the, the political stuff that they were saying, that it was fat shaming and it was gay shaming and it was all, I was like, you guys are crazy. This mm-hmm. is exactly the rainbow poster child show you should be watching. <laughs> This show's great, right. uh, but it got lost in my shuffle because it was earlier on in the series. It, it, was, it was everyone was shitting on it, and to me, like, I thought, well, I wanted to see, but everyone was like, oh, and I was like, you know, but then I said to myself, you know what, these shows that provoke outrage... But advance outrage. No one had even seen it yet. They just had seen like promos. They just hear about it, so they'd start. See, to me, it reminds me back of the day when Natural Born Killers came out. Wow. And and fucking no one had seen it. And they lost their damn minds. And they were like going, who the fuck made this movie? The trailer, the trailer's too hard. The trailer's too hard for you? (laughs) Wow. What what bakery did you grow up in? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, I remember Bob Dole was protesting the trailer. Right. I was like, what the fuck, man? You didn't see the movie. Yeah, at least let the man speak. Let the movie come out. Jump on it, but see, that, you know what? Okay, so, so okay, so, so movies. I really like the Spider-Man movie, the the, the cartoon. The, oh, the, the, what the, into the Spider Verse? Into the Spider Verse. Oh, Fucking baby, top, it's one of the top movies of the year. Well, tell us about it. If that movie was a girl and I was single, I would be dating that. Somebody movie. who saw it full oh, time. I've just seen it for my fourth awesome. time. <laughs> the movie. The, the, the thing about that movie that I think is just shameful is that. Everybody knows the Spider-Man right. origin. Mm-hmm. So all the live action movies that spent time telling me the origin, just fucking t- don't do that. Do the movie like this where it's like where we understand who Spider-Man is. Because it comes off where it's like Parker's already around doing they shorthand. Shit. They gave they, me the Spider-Man origin like eight times in that movie. Yeah, but real it took fast like 30 seconds, seconds to each do it. time. Bit, and it was done so smartly. It was like, yeah, you know, you get this, you get this, I did this, and then the rest is history. Right. And then boom, the story mm-hmm. I was like, this is so fucking smart. You know why? Because they made a movie, right? Yeah. People always forget about this. They, they get overly complex about mm-hmm. all this crap. Really, what do we know about James Bond? You tell me what you know about James Bond's life prior to running around shooting people for the government. Nothing. Nothing, right? Even in Skyfall, which you got a little bit of his background, what was that, 30 years into his (laughs) career as a a movie icon? What do you actually know about Indiana Jones? He doesn't get along with his dad. Mm -hmm. Where's his mom? 
Mm-hmm. Does he have any brothers and sisters? Right. He's a professor. Or whatever the he, he apparently had sex <laughs> with a minor. Uh, we, we, we gloss over that Ravenwood <laughs> stuff. But the bottom line is you don't where need an origin. Where did he go to school? Where did he go to school? How did he, you know, all of that, right? The audience doesn't need that. And there's great already tried and true ways to fold an origin story in. Blade is a good example. Uh-huh. Blade, you just drop in. Right. There's vampires. They do this. Right. They are badass. They do oh not God, care. Right. But you know who they're scared of? This motherfucker. Right. Who is this guy? You don't even get the explanation of who and what Blade is until he's already rescued the girl. Look, at right? the end. And no, he brings him home. She's already infected, and we're deciding whether or not to kill her before she turns. And then Chris Christofferson says, yeah, he got bit by some vampires and his mom when he was mom was pregnant, blah, blah, blah. So he can do their shit, but he, he ages, and he's got all their powers, and he can walk around in the daytime. Right. Right? That's why they hate him, because he just walker. shows up and kills He's a daywalker. Right? <laughs> but how long did that take? Two seconds. And it was organic to the story, mm-hmm. because the one character who doesn't know what the hell's going on is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's, I'm sorry. We didn't, let, me, let me catch you up, baby. Right? right? That's how you do an origin story. Make it organic to the freaking story you're telling. You're not telling the damned origin over and over oh, again. I, 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 I mean, like... First time I ever read a Spider-Man comic, well, I didn't know the origin. Right. I just knew, I mean, you just know it. So the movie is so well done. What's it? The, it's so well done. What's it's, the tone? It looks darker. It is dark. So it's not like that, you light, know what the that tone last is? light movie. Where Everyone was, all my life, since I started trying to write, mm-hmm. one of the big things when I first broke in was I worked for this company, Shall Remain Nameless, who had a whole bunch of comic book properties mm-hmm. that they couldn't make work. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to come in because uh, the word got out that I knew about comics and I knew about movies mm-hmm. or TV, I guess. Come and help us. I mean, you only have, what, 30,000? <laughs> <laughs> Down from 50, <laughs> right? But... Um, <laughs> Uh, so I came in, and the biggest problem they kept having was, how do we translate this into motion pictures? And I'm like, remove everything that's cheesy as soon as you put a human being in it. Mm. So lose those X-Men costumes. Put mm-hmm. them in this kind of stuff. doesn't mean the costumes have to go away completely. Right. Just find a plausible way where they don't look like they're actually running around in spandex. This is not a two-dimensional drawing. Right. Okay. Two, there are a whole bunch of tried-and-true movie things that either are or are not necessary in comics. So you're not translating it. If it don't work... Don't use it. I know it's crazy, right? So in this case, with Into the Spider-Verse, anyone who's never read comics and doesn't understand why we all who love them love them, mm-hmm. go see that movie. That is exactly why. what it's like to read a comic book. Because the thing about it, it is, is exactly the same as reading a comic book. The thing about book. it is, it's very hard to walk this line of white, particularly with Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man's a character who's, who's part of his uh, defense He's cracking jokes, right? And he's a and he's he's, he's a, he's a wisecracker, and he talks fast. Right. And that's a really hard line to kind of um, to, to 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 walk mm-hmm. effectively and and make it work. <laughs> and it was it just was this was so interesting. The night I saw it, mm-hmm. they did a screening of Die Hard, the first Die Hard, right beforehand. Okay, and so it was that's that, weird. and it was at the Writers Guild, and it was okay. they did that, and I was Spider Man. The way John McClane is dropping his comedy and humor in that for, in the first Die Hard, in the first one, right, is how Spider Man drops his is, and it's like that's and I said, person in stress yeah. dealing with it with humor, yeah, because yeah. that part he, he you know he you know he, he you know he's climbing through the thing and he, and he, and he turns a, he flicks the lighter and he's like come to the coast have a good time, right. Right. Yeah, like that's <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, look yeah. that's Spider Man's tone, that's right. it, and and they fucking nailed it so well. 
in the thing. But the coolest thing was all the visual gags. Oh my God. All the visual gags are so fucking smart. They're so They cool. rolled so deep with this movie. Mm-hmm. You, I've now seen it four times. I'm still pulling out Easter eggs. <laughs> They're pulling okay. out so... I mean, it's, it's this was crazy. Like, uh, Peter I'm, Porker was the cool... I was like, what the fuck is this? Y'all pulling this out? Y'all tripping. Y'all <laughs> look at, tripping. Look at, at Miles' cell the next time you see it and see some of the other names oh, that yeah. are in his got cell. Oh, yeah. Bendis. And freaking it's, it's, Sarah it's, it's, Bocelli, yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's got a like, the, the, the they don't play. I'm they trying to figure out what the significance of the number 42 is right now, <laughs> right? Um, but I mean, like, I picture the only way I can relate this to to adults. A lot of people are going to shy away from this because it's animated. Mm-hmm. In the 30s or the 40s, when did Fantasia come out? Jesus, the 50s, 39, 39. That was Disney saying, "No, this is what our industry can be." Is that the same year um, Wizard of Oz came out? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Disney basically said, no, it's not just mice jumping around and silly people See, singing songs and stuff. Maybe not 39, maybe it's 42, but it's, 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 it's right around it's, there. It's around around there. there. Around maybe 40 that's the significance of 42. Maybe they know it. it. But what I'm getting that, to it's is. It's around that hey, time. Hey, I, I, I credit them with a lot of brands. Okay. But when Fantasia came out, it was basically the Disney company, Walt himself, saying, it's not just for kids. It doesn't have to be just for kids. Mm-hmm. And also, look what we can do. Let's stretch what we can do. This is an amazing medium. Yeah. Check out Fantasia. Not a line of dialogue in the whole thing. It's just music. <clears throat> yeah. It's class. Great it's music. It's all great yeah. visuals. It's all, all told to the music. This yeah. movie, now, I got, I wouldn't say friends anymore, but people I used to, people I went to college with founded Pixar. Mm-hmm. I sort of have friends. Like, I, I, they'd smile if they saw me. We're, right. we're, we're that kind of old college friend type mm-hmm. thing. I have nothing but love for them, Okay. But when How to Train Your Dragon came oh, out, so I good. was like, all right, Pixar, you're not the only game in town. You better get a grip. And then when, um, uh, what do you call it, Big Hero 6, Disney was like, you better get a grip. <laughs> well, this basically told everyone else who thought they was a player. Mm-hmm. Sony finally, because Sony was the one who did, um, was it Final Fantasy 1, where they tried mm-hmm. to do photorealistic mm-hmm. stuff and everybody just yanked See, them and yeah, told them they yeah, were crap, the whatever. Bullshit, yeah. Sony shows up and says, oh, really? Hmm. All right, Fantasia. They shot a rocket into orbit and dropped a mic from there. Okay, <laughs> this set the bar. This movie sets the bar. Yeah, because it see, is beautiful. It's, it's, it's hmm. beautiful. There, the, the cool thing about it is, is that is that, that every once in a while, doing action sequences or sequence of emotion, the panels, like the, the, the like the frame breaks into panels, like comic panels. Right. So you see multiple stuff happening the way you would on a comic page, which is so fucking cool. And there's like sound effects sometimes, you know, like the visualized, like, like visualized sound effects. But like, here's the cool thing: I was like, "Fuck, that's dope as shit." I don't even want to spoil this. Fucking dope. But here's how clockworky beautiful is from a screenwriting, screen, a filmmaking point of view. Mm-hmm. We're joking around about the origin story. Essentially, this movie is the origin story of Miles, of Miles Morales. Morales yeah, but one of the things that people seem to completely so far in the, any of the reviews I've read that they've glossed over is. Every spider character has essentially the same origin. There's a point of tragedy. Right. There's the bite. Mm-hmm. There's all these things. And what you're saying is all of us are the same. We're all equal. We're all the same. Mm-hmm. You're going through it. But up until the point where Miles actually becomes Spider-Man, yeah. he hadn't had it's the tragic tragedy, moment. Yeah. yeah, and it happens. Right? It happens. It happens. has the in, tragic it moment. It's so good. And it's, it's but we're so with good. Him. And, the, and here's why I think there's a screenplay alone that people who, who want to study... I would say like Miller's Crossing, mm-hmm. this movie. I know everyone says it's Citizen Kane. 
these are movies, the screenplay will teach you a lot more in those readings than mm-hmm. you will get in a year of fucking film school because this movie, Into the Spider-Verse, took its theme and it wove it like a web throughout mm. the piece. It's so you're well circling done. circling back, you're circling back, but not in a giant like hammer to the head mm. kind of way. So by the time Miles has that moment, you're not thinking, oh, he's now having his moment. You're just with him. You, oh, see, and th- th- that's just a great point because <sighs> the, 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 it's, it's the thing about the origin story is the origin story... In the live action versions, he's got to be Spider Man by the end of Act One, right? To make it to for it to work, right? And and the way this functionally happens, he's not Spider Man until he's Spider Man until the third act. Yeah, so the third act. He's yeah. hanging around with the Spider Man. But one of the things is, it's not, not the powers Man. that make you Spider Man. A Spider Person. That's not. one of the themes. Yeah, like they stayed out right now. I don't want to spoil it because there's some beautiful stuff. <clears throat> there's some beautiful and subtle stuff in this movie all that basically puts the lie to all the things you're told about what you can and can't do in a movie okay. yeah. right who can be the lead in the movie right. how many people can be to in be a movie yeah. what genders can be what in a movie uh just when you can some, in, no no also when you can introduce new characters in a movie oh my god Exactly. They still were doing it late in the movie? Late as fuck. Oh my God. Late as fuck. I was like, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. It's crazy. But see, but see, the thing is, people forget, and, and this is why people it's why people who make decisions now because they don't watch movies like before the, maybe before 1995, probably now mm-hmm. you meet people at certain age. Right. I talked to someone one time and I was like, did you know that Lando doesn't show up in Empire until an hour and 45 minutes into the movie. Oh my God. Yeah. An hour and 45 minutes into a two hour and a two they hour and 10 minute movie. They didn't even mention him until mentioned. halfway through. Yeah, he's never mentioned. Oh, 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 Land- yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, what's that? He goes, I know my shit, y'all. It's not a system, it's a man. And you're like, huh? Yeah. We got to meet someone new now? Yeah. And he's a player. He's yeah. not just oh, there for five he's seconds. He's now he's in the movie. In the movie. <laughs> right. Deep in the lore of everything. He's, he's the own the Falcon. What the fuck? That's wait, like wait, a deep what? character. Who is this guy? I never heard of. Yeah, yeah. But you don't question it. You don't it. question it at all because it's because it's done smartly. And in in the Spider Verse, they did stuff like that. It was so dope. I just was like, this is what y'all are doing because y'all are really pushing. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying in terms of movies. Like, so many movies came out and they just felt like ho hum, form, like formulaic. Like, I've seen this. It's, it's like, are you, right now, you can tell when movies have been developed to death mm. because you know that they won't do no rated R shit anymore. And therefore, that, that, that you can feel the executives trying to protect the brand, right. protect the investment of whatever money spent. And they're like, oh. And, and even small movies are like, well, it's, you know, we have to knock this movie out of the park. This movie's got nine, so we but can't be. Too crazy. Think about it like this. They don't look. I got nothing against executives. They do. A, they got a hard job, and they do a different job than we do. Creatives do a completely different job than what their job is. That's there true. really mm-hmm. isn't any overlap, and they have a whole set of criteria that they've got to adhere to. A whole lot of stakes that they've got to worry about. Mm-hmm. That have literally nothing to do with any aspect of the actual <laughs> movie, right? But one of the things that a lot of them get pulled up short on is they've forgotten that. Ultimately, this is fiction for people to go see and enjoy, mm-hmm. right? It's not just a product we're putting out and how can we merchandise it and how can we maximize our sales, you know, what do you call it, our, our, our promotional our, our, our ROI, ROI, all of that stuff. That's all lovely, but it isn't the point from the audience point of view. 
audience point of view is, tell me a great story that will distract me or enlighten me or whatever it is for the period of time that I'm in front of you. And hopefully, if it's a good enough movie, after, Mm -hmm. right? Which means tell a great story. The end of a day, tell a great story. Every time you keep trying to impose these ridiculous rules, right? There are some minor structural rules, right? Movie can't be beyond a certain length, except if it's Avengers Infinity <laughs> War, right? Like, then it can be as long as you apparently want it to be. They're talking about a three-hour runtime for the second half. And no one's blinking. Everybody's like, yeah, we could have four if it's good, y'all. Let's go. But That's too much for that movie. You don't know. You don't know. I, no, but, but, but like, know. I rewatched don't it, and I was like, don't it's listen. too long. Don't listen. Don't listen. It's 10 minutes too long. Don't listen to him, baby. He don't know no, what you're I talking totally about. Agree. No, they don't know what they're talking about. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the other thing is, like, if you look at the uh, TV version of that, um, when Avatar The Last Airbender came out, I had been sort of chipping around being a writing for animation at that time, and there were a whole lot of set rules. That show destroyed 100% of those rules. Hmm. It had females in lead roles. It had a continuous story that you had to watch chapter by chapter. There was violence. People got killed and they stayed the fuck dead. Um, <laughs> it asked you big ass questions that you had to think about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did. It had superpowers and kids, kids in weird costumes. Everyone was Asian. Everyone. No white people, no black people. Mm-hmm. Everyone. No explanation either. Just here's the world. Deal with it. Whatever. Right. Prior to the advent of that show, no show would have ever tried that. Those guys leveraged all of the juice that they'd built up writing animation and directing animation to, to, to push that show forward. And then Nickelodeon really didn't support it at first because they didn't know what they had. You look at the Black Panther feature film. Mm-hmm. Same kind of deal. Marvel knew they were going to do it. They put it on the books a while ago. But they had no freaking clue what was about to blow the hell up when right. it came out. It's because there's a minor to, ve- to very large disconnect between what are our goals as a company, um, what we hope this movie will do. We're going to put X amount of dollars into it. It's going to take this amount of time to create and get out on the market, and mm-hmm. we're going to hopefully generate this amount of revenue, right? Our targeted revenue point, right? And with that in mind, here's how the advertising has to be. We're going to base it on other things we've done in advertising. But there's this weird thing. There's that one point where no one can control, which is audience response is always the same based on how good the story is. That's is it I'm, is it timing too? I don't know. I mean, well, they, they rushed those Star it's, it's, Wars it's, movies through, and I think right. that's what hurt Solo. You always hurt Solo. I mean, well, you, well, that's the thing too that happens, but because of the executive situation, again, this is what it's got nothing to do with us as creators. It's a total thing that that they deal with, and it's something that that that's crazy for us. Is that um, they like uh, back movies into release dates? You know, like hey, yeah. hey, let's, so hey, let's start this. D- this movie's coming out now, and then let's start now preparing it. And it's like, well, let's prepare the movie. Yeah, let's have the decide. movie. The other thing too about that is you 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 can tell which execs, and I mean the big ones, right? That they still love movies. That they can care. They understand that this is a visceral activity, right? I think rushing the Star Wars movies out it hurt Solo's box office aggressively. Uh, I think it was too close together with other Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched that movie. You guys can talk all the smack you want. That's a solid movie. It's a very solid yeah, movie. I enjoy it. I purchased it as soon as it was available to purchase. That movie holds up perfectly fine, um, especially based on what they said it was going to be. Now, granted, some of you prefer to have Donald Glover be the lead, but it isn't called Lando. It's called Solo. 
So get over it, okay? I'm perfectly ready to write that that Lando movie if anyone wants me to. Oh, this is some interesting. You know, there was this quote that I I came across this morning about movies, and and when you said it's about it's a story, good, yeah, and it's like. It's in a short story. It says, it said, um, um, I decided to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't really care what was playing. I just wanted that sense of relief when the lights fade out and the world dissolves. Yeah. The slight confusion when they're turned back up and it reassembles itself. Because yeah. that's what you want that's from it. the movie. That's, that's it. You that's every be, movie, yeah. regardless of subject you know, matter, all of it, right? And I think what happens is they, they start overthinking the assembly line part of it. Right. Well, if this movie did this well and it was so good, let's get one out quickly to capitalize on the fan. But if you think about Star Wars or Star Trek, there were sometimes almost not a full decade, but like three, four, five to almost ten years between iterations of some of these movies, giving the audience enough time to have arguments and all this ancillary material comes mm-hmm. out, books and toys and all kinds of stuff, nothing it's, to do with this an- anticipation. And then of they're what is ready it? for it. Right. You put. Avengers, people beat up Age of Ultron all the time. And I'm like, the reason you hate Age of, Age of Ultron so much is because Avengers already happened, right? Right, right? You were already built up for the Avengers 1. No, by the way, watch Black Panther 2, okay? Black Panther 2 is going to be awesome, I promise right. you, but it will never be the phenomenon that Black Panther 1 was. Right, if I it is, I, I will do a whole show about how wrong I was. Okay? It's, like, it's but, like Eminem's new, new, new album, which is the, the jam. It's amazing. But it's not... So he even in his rap, he's like, how do you dog you in me when I've sold millions? Right, you can't. And it's still not enough. It's not enough. That's a problem. Because the audience is starting to be conditioned right. to want something bigger, better, right. faster, stronger, whatever. And I'm like, or wait an extra couple of years. Mm-hmm. Let them go, where's the Black Panther? I thought that Black Panther movie was coming out. I, oh, I thought y'all were going to do that mm. next year. No, no, no. So they shouldn't rush it, is what you think? I don't think you should ever I, rush it. You should never rush it. It's, it's, look, look. it's always bad to rush it. It's you never rush bad. a story you're writing. Right. Because you go, how much, I, I, we had it that one time, I was like, you, sometimes you need time just to let it sink and think about what's happening. And I mean, this, this was interesting about, about, about the Spider-Man movie, is that when Amy Pascal like, left Sony, Oh, I just heard this story. She was like, I want Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right. They were like, take it. Because <laughs> yeah, not doing well with it. Mm-hmm. But she was instrumental in doing this, and she was instrumental in doing the Homecoming movie, which right. was the best version of the Spider-Man movies. Right. And, it makes you, and it makes you look like, and it's, look, and she got a lot of flack for what she wrote and those emails leaked and stuff like that. And, and look, I mean, you know what? <clears throat> people are angry. But, but, you, but, you, but, but people always used to say, she was a very filmmaker-friendly executive, mm-hmm. and she just sometimes had to, had to fight up against the behemoth of the corporate thing. But when she had her ability to say, "Guys, run with it," they put, they you know, yeah. like they put this movie out, and it was. What awesome. did they say their rule was? Uh, the the directors, I follow them now. All of them, I have followed a couple of them already, but all all of them, I'm following writers and the directors on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they all agree on is that their rule was, if it ain't, if it if it's uh, if it ain't broke. Break it. <laughs> break it. Right? That's, if a rule ain't broke, break it. That's a good one. And I was like, it shows every moment, every moment of that. I'm literally, you could just spin a dial and randomly mm-hmm. pull out a frame. <laughs> and you're like, what it's, the it's, hell? It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's the thing about it I love is that is that you watch it and I've, for a long time, I've, lo- I mean, like I've enjoyed the Pixar movies for a long time. But I'm not in love with them because except maybe like Incredibles and Incredibles Two, which is another great fucking movie, the second movie, the second one. What's, um, the, what's, the, what's the one with the 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 is it up? 
What's the one? Oh, that, up, that one is it's fucking awesome. amazing. Up, awesome. up destroyed awesome. me. I couldn't even <laughs> watch that again. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is that on a certain level, there's still kind of like. They seem youthful. I'm not saying they're for kids, but they well, seem cho- youthful. That's their choice. That's they their have choice. A, they're like, you know a Pixar product. Yeah, right. and, and the thing is is that, that the rest of these companies that aren't Pixar don't have to follow that mold, but they all typically have. I mean, look, the, look, the, the like, How to Train Your Dragon is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Anything around that. But it's still kind of like this youthful. Well, they were trying to straddle. Kind of, they were trying to straddle. Right. And I think they me, did a good job um, with I, it. I, they did, but the thing I love about the Spider-Man movie is it's the type of like action adventure thing that you really want. It made me feel like you know, like a thirteen year old or fourteen year old watching. I was like, "Fuck, this is what I really wanted to have seen in any mm. kind of animation." That's because, a movie that's going to make cause, filmmakers because they spent money and to make this thing and to, and to do the CG. The thing I love it too is that it's it's CG, but at times it feels like that old like two D animated stuff that I love in a mm-hmm. way. And and there's even times that they kind of like do that How to on do purpose. It's so it's, good. It's doing so so. It's okay. do, it's it's doing good. But mm-hmm. for what it is, it's going to be one of those movies that next year mm-hmm. people are going to go. Why didn't I go see this movie at the theater? So people might have slept. Oh, on they're gonna. Well, There's probably it, fatigue, and they're, and they're probably going to show Spider Man to be the end good. Of the year. They don't really know, right? There's seven of them. Is I'm really telling good. you, it's this is awesome. going to be revived over and over awesome. again. This is one of those things that's going to be like a classic. This is Fantasia. This okay. is yeah. Because just this, like he said, it's not just the, the the little things throughout the story. All the little attention to detail things, and that's what every great filmmaker was going to tell you. The details is what really makes your movie interesting and sets it apart from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And these guys did this in a really fucking awesome way. I mean, as much as people like the Lego movie and stuff like that, which I'm not, I'm, I'm not shitting on it on any level. Those are great mm-hmm. movies, but this is like even better because it's so smart and it's fun in a way that it's not relying on that campy humor of that. It's still funny and it's so emotional. There's a thing. Here. In our industry, and I don't understand it, I've never understood this, which is, well, two things. One, if it's considered an all-ages project, therefore it's dumb. Like right. If you put a G rating on something, it automatically is lesser. It's just mm-hmm. for the younger, the most naive, mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, no, no, it just means you can't have blood spatter hit the freaking camera <laughs> and no swearing and no hydraulic sex. But frankly, go have some actual sex. You don't need to watch, you know, right. Kate Blanchett and a troll have freaking sex in a movie about, you know, Conan fighting trolls. I don't need to see that. Nor do you. Exactly. Right? But a good story is a good story. A good story is a good story. Logan and Deadpool are not amazing because they were R-rated. They're amazing because the filmmakers of those movies told the stories properly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that justified an R rating. Right. right. But those particular characters also can't really be done right if unless you do them with an R rating. Right? You don't then go, oh, they had R ratings. Let's make a Superman movie that's R rated. No, idiots. No. Superman is PG, PG-13 at absolute worst <laughs> because that's not what he's for. <laughs> Right, yeah. but you have to respect that these aren't widgets. You have to start with the notion that each of these things is unique. They're trying to achieve a different thing. Mm-hmm. Right, this movie. I guarantee you, there's a wave of filmmakers that 20 years from now are going to talk about, talk about this movie. Oh, I, I saw that kid. movie and it changed. Yeah, because me. that's that's the thing that that's the thing that like I've been lamenting for at least the last five years, and I've said it maybe on this podcast a few times is that. 
there's not movies being made now that inspire people. This is one of them. To inspire you to become a filmmaker. I mean, people think there are. Oh, this blah, blah, blah. People tell me movies that inspire them. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That wasn't good. (laughs) That didn't inspire you. You were already this way. (laughs) Right. or say to myself, oh, if that movie's inspiring you, then you haven't seen enough movies. Right. Because you haven't seen enough. That movie was derivative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's usually you saying about the blood and the R's. Like, I, I watched about four or five movies from the 80s just the other day when, mm-hmm. the last, when I was over the holidays. There's some shit they did in the 80s. The, the, 80, uh, the 80s was over the top. They went look, crazy. Look, look, look. Right. It's, it's started because we were watching, because we, right. we went to see... Bl- All them Death Wish well, movies well, and oh, shit. Well, no, God. because, be, you know, it started because, like, when we went to see Die Hard, I was like, oh, what else should we see from the 80s? And we were watching, like, Predator. Right. And we were watching Robocop. Right. Fucking Robocop is so fucking violent. It's like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Oh, the but, but the thing is, it's like, that type of violence doesn't even show up in movies at all anymore. Right. At all. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like you know, like people. Yeah, it's ha- very choreographed now. It's even horror it. movies. You know, my, uh, my friend Akela and our other friend mm-hmm. Josh. We actually randomly shout out randomly, to Akela. We gotta have her on the show, by the way. Uh, I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna get her for you. <laughs> um, but we have a standing three way date where we one of us will see a trailer for some horror movie. Mm-hmm. Let's go, right. and we go see these movies. And I'm like. Horror is supposed to be transgressive, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be formulaic. It's supposed right. to make me lean back, like what the fuck, yeah. right? At least one time in the movie, I yeah. should be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, why did <laughs> I come to this movie?" Right? <laughs> and all of them are so safe, right. except for like my third favorite film of the year. I was about to say because 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 oh, heredity because my fir- no because my first one is Spider Verse. Okay, my second one is Incredibles Two. Okay, my third one is A Quiet. Place. I was about to say A Quiet Place is by a number two or three. A Quiet really? Place because yes. I felt flat for me. A okay. Quiet Place. See, here's the thing. I don't watch horror movies. Okay. And I watched the movie. I was like, Jesus Christ! There was se- so sometimes it's the audience you're in. We were at the Guild, okay, and, and I did the Q and A. It was something but about it was something about the, the scene the, there, and the, the quietness in the room. In well, the room. nobody was eating popcorn. It was like because there's no dialogue. It's yes. just you gotta watch it. And, it's, it was, and, it's and just the sound making like, and the scene where she has to give birth in the fucking. Oh I was God. like, that's okay. But see, here's the thing shit. with that. You know these monsters are around. Yeah, I know. I know there was. Why are you pregnant? I had. What the hell is wrong with you? We talked. About that, look, 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 about- I, I had that problem too. Yes, but on top of that, I still was like, "That's a fucking good movie," right? Because it because you know it's, it's my whole thing. I say about filmmaking is like, did the movie move me? Like, did it emotionally move me? Because that's when well, that's really fair. Absolutely. I mean, when, they, when the first kid got taken, oh, I was like, oh, like, oh, oh Jesus well, that's right. where we're living. Everybody okay, can go. Yeah. All right then. Right. Yeah, you can take right, that kid now. now fast. Lean forward. Fast. I was like, okay, but ultimately, to me. As much as that was a really fun sort of, I won't even call it a gimmick. It was a, a really interesting way to approach this material. There's well, something about it that I. And they seen tried before. to do it in. Right. It was so, just so, so. ultimately it was a horror movie. It, I mean, a monster movie. And I want to see a monster movie where I don't even know what it is. Like, uh, frankly, I'm a writer. I should go write it. But mm-hmm. what I don't even know what it is that is missing. It's just maybe I've seen too many of these things, and I'm just like I shouldn't be ahead of you. I should never be guessing. Uh, Five steps ahead. The whole point of a horror movie, especially a horror movie mm-hmm. or a thriller, is I can't be ahead of you. You surprise me every right. few seconds, right? <laughs> like we keep going back to Die Hard. My wife, who hates this kind of movie, even she loves Die Hard. And I'm like, they should have stopped making action because movies. Die Hard was the first movie to that, do that. that took it real. It was it, the it, last action movie. Was, there have been, there will be no more action. Yeah, movies. they all were That's like, it. they all were campy and horrible, right. and then all of a sudden yeah. it was taken seriously. It was yeah. like, what if this really? Happened? There are no more action movies. Right. You guys all should stop. Yeah, because <laughs> 
Every time I watched Die Hard, maybe you a lost. few yeah. after that, but that movie. I mean, I mean, and, and even watching yeah, it again Weapon, now, yeah. which is you know, Die Hard. I thought it was a year before, so again, st- you're still making it as yeah. the last action film. Yeah. Is the thing about it is it's still. I mean, it's 30 years later. I'm watching this movie now, right. and it's still, it still holds. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still fucking fascinating, <laughs> you know. And in, and I I hadn't seen the movie. Probably 10 years. Because hmm. the last time I saw it, I had bought the special edition DVD. Okay. And then I put it in, and I had to leave before the credits were over. So I hadn't even wait. So I only watched it that far in. Hmm. But that movie is so fucking cool. And fu- it's also interesting. It's, it's my t- favorite action movie it's, and I also fucking like being someone who, li- who lived in Los Angeles for a long mm-hmm. time. Interesting timepiece and it's Christmas yeah. and it's like all interesting that stuff because right. the the Nakatomi building mm-hmm. and shit like that. But it's still it's still it's the things that I that hold up and 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 even things that I knew that I read about recently that, that I didn't know. Like this was crazy about that movie, right? <laughs> like 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 this is total film geek film producer thing. That's my favorite thing. Is is is, <laughs> is, is, is that there's is that the cinematographer um, Jan de Bont who, right. who went on to did Speed and everything like right. that. He wanted to get really, really heavy kind of film noir type of shadows, but hard to do in an action film. So in, in terms of the light, because uh, they got to do our choreography, a lot of times the shadows are painted on the wall in that. Hmm. They're not real shadows. He had he did they went and painted some of those like oh my god I gotta really? go watch yeah it again. but the thing is that's something I knew but when I watched it I didn't even, I didn't even look for it because you're so it still pulls you so up in the story that's what I, it's not a, anywhere near as good a movie but when I saw Resident Evil uh, the first one which people always sleep on but that movie's the yes, shit yeah yeah um, I watched the DVD I listened to the DVD uh, extras first of all. By far the best star commentary on a film. Those people were all drunk watching the movie. <laughs> and it is awesome. It's like you're sitting in a room with a bunch of drunk people watching a movie they made. I recommend that audio commentary for everyone. But the other thing was the director commentary was them talking about all the things they had to do because they had no money. Right. right? Weird ass stuff like giant cardboard cutouts of the sequence when they're in the thing with all the twos with the monsters in it, but the mm-hmm. monsters haven't come out yet. Like 90% of those things are literally cardboard cutouts painted to look like because they couldn't build all that stuff. Yeah. So then they did forced perspective to make it look like it extended differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, now that's smart-ass filmmaking, <laughs> right? But again, even when you know it's there, you're not looking. You don't see it. It becomes invisible because the story takes over. Mm-hmm. You, even when you're looking for it directly, you're like, wow, they did a really good job. Because I can't, I mean, I can sort of maybe tell. Mm-hmm. But what only because I know in Blade? advance. Blade? Oh, yeah. Blade. What year was that? Ninety something. It was right? Ninety eight. Okay. Was that late? Okay. So, yeah, because this that that, that <clears throat> episode we did on, was on the twentieth anniversary. Because that was like one of the first like uh, superheroes, if you will, where it was dark superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Episodes. Oh fuck yeah. Well, I would say yeah, Blade's not a superhero. That's why people but, get mad so at me. Speak, so but speak. it's set in that world. Right. I I really feel like he was early. It was a little early for people because really, what happened with Iron Man? Oh. Blade is set in that same tone as Iron Man 1. Yeah, yeah, that's I a think. good point. It's like the nighttime version of that same mm-hmm. Well, it's 10 years early. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was 10 years early. I don't think the audience was quite ready for what they got. And even then, they got three movies in the TV series out of it. So, <laughs> right. you know, go Blade. But um, there is a weird tendency nowadays, I think, to lighten things up in a weird way. Like, if you're going to commit to a horror movie like Invitation, mm-hmm. you saw it, you haven't mm-hmm. seen Invitation. I've seen, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Invitation, if you haven't seen it, is... There's not a lot of horror, visual horror in it. It's mostly a slow burn. Mm-hmm. But that slow burn, by the time shit starts popping off. Uh, yeah. It's psychological more? It's psychological horror. Yeah, but yeah. it's a horror movie. Right. And when Those shit starts the hall, to pop it. off. Oh, oh, they did that one too. Mm-hmm. That's right. I did know. When shit actually starts to pop off in that movie, mm-hmm. 
you're so ready for it, but in a way that's like you don't want it to happen, right? Oh, so yeah. It becomes this thing on, well, we know it's going to happen, but it's still not happening, but it's still not, we don't, maybe it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, that thing we thought we knew, do we, we even know that? <laughs> you know, and that is some clever filmmaking with no money, right? Mm. Just in a house, four or five actors is basically the big chill with less money, yeah. right? <laughs> and it was a terrifying freaking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me sets a bar. It's like, well, if these people had nothing and they were able to do this, mm-hmm. you got everything. You better come to play. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I liked Heredity for some good, of that same yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, monster movies are hard for me these days. Like, I want the kind of horror that makes me feel it. And a lot of these monsters are so beautiful, and you can see the lovely sculpting and all that <laughs> stuff that people went in. And I love that shit. I'm a geek for it, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't really feel real. Like when you watch the thing, John Carpenter's remake, oh my God. there's stuff that's practical in that thing that in some ways looks more artificial than maybe a right. CG thing looks now because it's clearly artificial in some ways. But quick cutting, uh, really good composition that mm-hmm. takes your mind away from that. And what you ultimately left with is something that's actually oozing, right. that looks like it actually is coming out of a body rather than something that was added in post or something like that. Well, and well, that, you're that right. texture, that physical feeling, mm-hmm. the audience gets that. And anything that anything that's too CGI pulls you back a bit so you're just watching rather than being in it. You're right. Well, two things on that. One, the there's a, I remember John Carpenter, I saw him recently doing an interview talking about the thing. He was like, he just had a big fight with his cinematographer um, about... How to light the the creature right. in the thing? Right, because he was like, "I don't want to show it," and the guy was like, "Yeah, but dude, you gotta show but it." But we fucking like, you know, <laughs> but we you saw his money. Yeah, we and built it. And there we was gotta a, show so it. There was a battle where, 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 where you know about like like how they were gonna light it, what they were gonna mm-hmm. do, is gonna be backlit, and which way else kind of stuff. And I think that is what adds to what you're talking about. Like you, and it's like, and there because there's something that's really fucking there. We let your they, mind you, work, you and know, horror is in the mind, yeah, right? And, and, so, and, and those guys had to make a choice on that day and live with it. And we all love it. Well, look at but Alien number one. Same thing. How much that. screen time does the actual alien actually have where you actually see the alien? It's all Almost none. Shit. But see, the thing about, the, my point is that when you see the, the CG stuff, the alien CG, or the creature CG, they're making that decision, you know, they probably have like, what they have the whole post schedule to make that decision on how much you're going to show. Yeah, and, and whereas in the on the day they're shooting, you got maybe twenty minutes. Let's, to decide. let's make that decision. Make this decision, and we're going to live with well, it. And, that, at, and that's the, uh, attack the block. Right, uh, they had no money again. Right, and it's probably and all practicals. Almost everything's practical. Yeah. And the one thing they spent money on visually, and I still think this is a glorious, teeth, glorious no, choice. No. The teeth and the yeah. all right. So <laughs> that was guys in gorilla suits. Okay, straight up, go to the costume shop, buy yourself a gorilla suit. But what they did was they stripped out, it was basically a rotoscope. They stripped out all the nuance in, so that there was, no, there was no light affecting those people in gorilla suits. So essentially you got a two-dimensional silhouette hmm. with three-dimensional glowing teeth in it. Interesting. Right? I like that. The, the ultimate <clears throat> aggregate effect is arresting and scary and really alien looking, right? Like, what is that, mm-hmm. right? But the cost of that effect was essentially a development trick, right? <laughs> it was a photographic trick that anyone could do with a, with a lab. Mm-hmm. It didn't really cost that much. And the teeth, which probably set them back a little bit, yeah. right? Um, 
So my feeling about special effects, especially CGI special effects, is they're there to enhance the story. They're not ever there to be the story. And I've seen a lot of movies of the last little while where people start throwing tons and tons of money and stuff for these giant cataclysmic fights at the end mm-hmm. of movies, and they're all really great, but no one believes them as real because they ain't, mm-hmm. right? Well, see, I mean, but, but that I think has to go back to the executives. I always hear from people who, are, who, who work in that world the CG world is that the executives are pushing everyone to do more with that. Sure, it's, it's not, cheaper it's ultimately. Not, it's not. Well, it's not necessarily like the filmmakers are trying to pull them back. Right. Like, we need to do something bigger, and they're like, and the, the executives don't get the thrill from anything. You know, I lost a gig on a movie once that uh, somebody wanted to do one of my properties as a feature. And so they were like, well, we don't want to do the actual comic book. We want you to write a new feature based on these characters. Great, right? Mm-hmm. So I go in and I do it. I'm not blowing up anybody, so don't even try. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but at one point after we got the, after we got the treatment out, um, they said, well, this big fight sequence at the end, you know, we have a, our budgetary thing is it basically goes up to $35 million, and then there's a huge gap, and then we come back in at like $100 million plus. And I was like, what? <laughs> why, why would you have that gap? It's all about advertising, and it's a, it's a whole big model, right. and you don't need to know about it. But really, if we're going to do this, you need to make these sequences bigger. Wow. And I was like, but we have giant alien spaceships laying waste to Bulgaria, like, or <laughs> what was it, Honduras or someplace, mm-hmm. right? With troops on the ground and sky parachuting people. And like, yeah, it needs to be bigger. And I'm like, all right, so add like six more alien ships and like oh, yeah, a thousand yeah. more dudes then, you know? It. It's all CGI anyway. If you just want to spend the money to spend the money, mm-hmm. I don't know how much bigger they can have right. than blowing up a country, mm-hmm. like a chunk out of the earth that doesn't fit the story. <laughs> but on a certain basic level, they didn't care whether it fit the story. They, they had their model that they had to adhere to. Right. And I'm like, well, on one level, okay, it's the, it's the, it's the life we chose, it's the game we chose to play in. But on another level, That's guys, such a big jump. you're not making That's a car, a jump. right? You're not making, it's not a device. It's mm-hmm. a, ultimately at the core of all this, the thing that they, this is why I think they push this too. There's a component of making all of this stuff that requires the randomness of a creative mm-hmm. mind. And if they can figure a way to lock us out in favor of an algorithm, trust me, we're done. Right, the one job that no one can roboticize yet is what we do. Right, right. Even yeah, the actors have tried. Yeah, <laughs> actors. I'm putting you all on notice. Right. You see what's happening to the stunt people? Mm-hmm. That's going to happen to your ass too. They're CGing stunts people now. Right. Even the greatest stunt people can't stand up to a CG object that can't be harmed and never complains and doesn't eat anything and isn't part of a union. (laughs) Right. Never dies on the set. Never actually on the set. All it has to do is look photorealistic from the audience point of view. If you think that's not going to happen to your ass, you better get a grip. Okay. (laughs) But the writing side, they keep trying every year. Someone's like, computer wrote a novel. Right, oh, I'm like, no, they didn't. It, Let me see it. See, <laughs> see, <laughs> that's adorable. You think that's a novel? Exactly. No way. You know, it's interesting. It's like again, because we're watching these '80s movies. We were watching Conan, the mm. original Conan, and there's that scene when Thulsa Doom is like, "Come, my child, right. jump," and it's like, I'm, and 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 like that was the the, the like the the the, the highest. Free oh, right, fall, the high fall, right? Yeah, the, the highest free fall for a stunt. For a stunt, uh-huh. I, I've, I, like to that point in history, and it's still big, big stunt. I mean, she must have jumped like God, you know, multiple stories, stories, like, stories? Like, it was like huge that. amount, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But it's cool. But the thing is, is that that's a jump that when you see people like that, like in a CG, 
still doesn't feel the same. Not yet. I agree. Not yet. Still doesn't feel the same. But and there's something attractive to it. I have to say, from a point of view of a person who writes and makes stuff, I can see the attraction. You don't have anyone arguing with you. No one's late on the set. The character looks exactly as you have it in your head. They never say a line differently than you pictured in your head. Um, It gives you an absolute amount of control of your product, right? Um, If you don't embrace the collaborative nature of our job, then you can see why this would be attractive to somebody. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason that, what is it in in, um, uh, Shakespeare in Love, where the producer guy uh, keeps going, well, how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? Well, everything's broken. How how are we going to? He's like, it's a mystery. Like, it'll happen. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. Don't worry. Don't it's worry. a mystery. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. gonna happen. But that's the that's the point of chaos. That's the point of capital M mystery that so far can't be quantified, and it comes out of the collaboration. It comes out of the argument on the set between a director and a cinematographer. How are we gonna light this freaking mm-hmm. monster we built? Well, I don't need to see the whole monster. I'm the director. I am lighting the movie. <laughs> this looks stupid if we don't light it properly. Mm-hmm. Let me light it the way I want to light it, mm-hmm. dude. You're fired. No, I'm not fired. I'm actually bigger than you, and I'm not leaving until we figure this. You know, that argument sucks in the moment, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you get the shot. Right? Well, well, yeah, it's like you know what? There's a um, Eric Heiser had a really cool post on his shout out on his, on his Twitter the other day. I just remember this, and it was like he said he was going to do the show when I saw him that night. Oh, really? Oh, I've known Eric for a minute. So I love Eric. Yeah. So. Um, Eric's great. Um, oh yeah, because because he, he, he came to your thing that night. He yeah. came to the to the yeah. To, Eric's to, awesome. yeah. He did so, Bird Box too. Did Bird Eric's Box? Yeah. Eric's um, He's a writer's writer, by the way. Yeah, he did four features last year. What the fuck? He's a madman. Um, <clears throat> so he so they talk. He's so he did a little post on his Twitter, and I reposted it on mine. That was the hell. That was the Halo drop from the, from the most recent like Mission Impossible. Oh my God! What do you say? Well, well, just I mean, like they basically just posted. It, it took them thirty takes. They did thirty Halo drops to do this thing with the star with doing the, star. the drops. Oh, and, and 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 here's the thing: they can only do it once a day. So that because was because of they had to get at the right time of day with the lighting oh. and and to get up there. You had to breathe. This is half hour to, to breathe. You had to get the whole body full with air to get up there. Out of thirty takes because Tom to had the, to do it himself. Tom right. had to do it himself, and Tom right. wanted to write. And the coolest moment is the end of it. You see Tom and all of them watch the footage mm-hmm. at like the like the, like they're watching the uh, the dailies of it. And when they get it and they're happy, because you're like, yeah, because that fucking scene in the movie was mm-hmm. fucking brilliant. Wait, so Eric was pro this? Yeah, he's pro. Yeah. Oh, Eric. Well, he just, well, you know what? He just posted the thing. No, I, I so, mean, so, so he might have been like, "What the fuck is this?" Or I don't know. Uh, he just posted that they just, did it. He just posted. Okay, so he's made no. He hasn't editorialized. No editorial. But right. it's interesting to see the work they did. It's just like all this kind of shit. And the whole time I've been, whole time I've been watching like Chris McQuarrie's feed. Uh, people asking him stuff, and mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. asking him, "Hey, so so that thing, so 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 who came up with that?" And he just said, "Oh, well, that's something that that, that we argued about, like like uh, to set, and this is what we decided on." And all those. You're saying it's about these little, mo- and he's like, Oh, well, that's something that, you know that th- James, what's his name? Um, Henry came up with, you know, like you know, that part when he like where he, where he loads the gun in his hand, mm-hmm, like that's yeah. something that was an improv that he just came up with. It's like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that you're talking about. It's like, Yeah, and it, that's the joy of it, and yeah. that's the fear of it, and that's why not every movie lands, right? The ones that land, it's magic, right. the ones that don't, well, it didn't work out this time. And from a corporate point of view, we can't have that. We need all the cars to be exactly the way we want them to be, exactly identical. To, you know, that's, that's the tendency, right? Yeah. That's the goal. But that's not how movies work. 
It's just not. That's not how fiction works. You can't do it so, that way. So I want to spend just like a few more minutes um, before we wrap up talking about um, this year. Okay. Like, what are your plans? Like, what's going on? Like, is there any adjustments you're doing to your life? You know what I mean? Just to give, like, the kids some game out there about, you know, because everybody's... Well, we talked about this off mic, but I would say this. Let me just finish this. Just just, just prepping it up. All right. Because what happens is, here's here's a perfect example. So, one of the things that happens at this time of the year is, for instance, I was at the gym yesterday. And I was talking with one of the biggest trainers. He trains all these stars and whatever, right? And Ron Perlman and all these guys. And we were talking about how this time of the year is when from here until like May, they make all their money. Because everybody's trying to get. Everybody's back in them, getting yeah. their body right. Oh, my life is going to change, whatever. And he says, but what happens is we put them on a six-month program. They do three. And they come for two. Yeah. And what happens is what, people go to the gym and they work out twice. And their muscles hurt. And they don't know how to come back again. That's why you have different body parts. Now you work your legs. (laughs) You feel me? You don't have to do that. People keep doing the same shit all the time. Of course you're going to. They can't do it because they're sore. Right. So so a lot of the trainers bet on that. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it happens even in what we do. Yeah. So you get an idea, oh, 2019, I'm going to finish my scripts. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And for the first month, you're... Writing every day, you're you're putting in the time, and then all of a sudden you fall off because your muscles start hurting, so to speak. Mm, <laughs> you feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. No, but just hear me. I'm generalizing. Yeah, yeah. That there's some similarities. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of similarities. How do you keep that muscle going year round? And here's where I'm going. Okay. Is most people go on a diet, right? I change my lifestyle, and to me, there are two different things. So, You're right. so we'll, we'll get it. when we do the plans and goals with 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 Paul. Maybe we'll have you back when we do with Paul. Sure. Is um, we'll read that email that we that we got. Oh, God, you sent from, us, yeah. from, It was it was a woman. I think it was Anwar. Um, um, and she was saying that that you can't have a plan without a goal and et cetera, et cetera. Then we'll get into all that in that in that episode. I'll read. The, I'll read. Okay. The email. And to me, I still see them as the same thing. To me, where where you have to make a plan instead of a goal. But to me, a goal is a diet and a plan is a lifestyle change. I for agree me. with that. I agree so, with that. I agree with you too. You mean, I, mean, I, mean, <clears throat> I mean, look, the things that I do, this is, I was going to tell you guys this, I think, when I said I get back from Savannah, I was reading this book that I'm going to give to both of you guys as a gift because you guys have to read it. It's, okay. It really changed like a lot about my life. I just I just read it in December. It's called Dianetics. No. No. It's called um uh Tribe of Mentors by okay. Tim Ferriss. Okay. And I'm always saying about it, you're gonna read it and you're gonna love it. Fair. Because it's so fascinating. Fair. But the big thing because it's people repeat a lot it's 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 about success things from people from all different fields. Okay. And 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 there's similar things that everyone is kind of saying, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is mm-hmm. what I do. And it's interesting that people who are successful in all fields, they have a similar kind of thing. Part of it is like these goals and things, is it's like how do you reward yourself? For doing the goal, okay. how do you monitor your progress? Like this, this is the thing about. So Tim Ferriss on, on on his his email thing, he sent me. He said he said something. That he's like this. He was so. This is what I do at the first of the year. 
I go back through the calendar last year Mm -hmm. and see where I had successes. What were those events that gave me success, that gave me excitement? Mm. I need to do more of that every coming year and just find ways to, if it's meeting with certain people and doing that, I can have more meetings like that. Whatever it is, because it's kind of, and and I realize it's like, oh yeah, when you do like accomplish something, you have to kind of like, um, you have to celebrate that victory. You have to celebrate all mm-hmm. the small victories because that's what lets you do the longer things. Like what you're saying about the, the guys in the gym and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If, if you can get past the first week, which is the hardest week when you're fucking doing it, mm-hmm. by the time you get to the end of the first month, then you will see some gains. Yeah, I, you like, should. You should. I mean, like, yeah. if you're in the right program, I mean, right. you, you know, I mean, and, and 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 you say to yourself, okay, so now I'm gonna like, you know, uh, you, I mean, like, like, you have to find a way, some, some way to celebrate that. That might be a cheat day. It might be a lot of things, but you gotta find. And, and but 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 that first month is not where you want to be yet. No. You know, but you have to re- you have to recognize that so you can th- so then you have that recharge to do the second month, right. to do the third month. Go ahead, you know? Jeff. What'd you I would say that um, for me, uh, the hardest thing over the course of my artistic life has been figuring out what things I have control over and which things I don't. Mm-hmm. What I found a lot of writers, especially out here, have done is they're like, "This year I'm getting on a show." <laughs> I'm like, right. motherfucker, you don't have control over that. <laughs> exactly. You might be you might be ass out this year. You don't mm-hmm. know. I've known plenty of gifted writers, producers of high level. Mm-hmm. Some seasons they don't get staffed. It's just the way it is. Right. So you fall out. Um, yes, there are more shows now, but they also have way smaller staffs. So get in the dance. Right. But what you can control is your output. Uh, last year. Uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff because I have issues. Um, one of my issues. We ran is, for you. Don't well, one of my issues is uh, because I started out as an actor before I became a, a writer. Uh, I don't trust anybody. I don't initially trust anybody. Mm-hmm. It takes a very long time for people to get in enough, or I'll tell them a new project that right. isn't really on the books yet. Right. And God forbid, I say, "Hey, what do you think about something like mm-hmm. this?" Not because I'm so egotistical that I think I'm perfect. Quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust that the person's opinion is not going to have some barb in it, that they're not, they don't have an agenda other than trying to help, mm-hmm. right? Turns out that's bullshit. Um, yeah. I know a lot of talented people. That's maturity, though. Right. Right. Uh, I, know, I, I, learned the wrong, I learned the right lesson for a period of time, but that time is long past. So last year, I started making a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Uh, my, the, the rule that I stumbled into last year was, yes, there are a bunch of things you can do yourself, and I always recommend that to people, especially fledglings. You should not... Censor what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing something this year, which is sort of a D- DIY about, look, if you really want to do something, <laughs> I'm going to show you all some tricks. Right. Okay. But on another level, um, there are things after a certain line you can't do alone. So I'm this year, one of my goals is to reach out to certain of my peers. Not all of them are friends, just friendly acquaintances, but some mm-hmm. of them are friends. And say, hey, I'd like to do X. Can you contribute early before there's money necessarily right. in some of them? Maybe they'll say no, maybe they won't. But I've never asked that question before. That's what I'm saying. If they say yes, I'm good. If they right. say no, I lose nothing. And here's what I like about this, Jeff. We were talking offline about one of the things that switched for Chris and I last year is that we're asking for things that we want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that is... You have to put it out there. And it's a weird point of a thing I always tell young writers. Mm-hmm. You have to let everyone know you're a writer. Yes. But after that phase where you're beginning, where you're coming into the middle part, mm-hmm. 
I find when the difference between a plan and a goal is I do my best work when stop. I'm an illustrator as well as a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm an illustrator. I got really much better over the last two years. Uh, one, I got some advice from a painter who said, "Why don't you try like this?" Just one little piece of advice mm-hmm. completely transformed my artwork. Mm-hmm. Right. But the yeah, other I'm thing watching was, them; they are getting real good. It made good, me dude. draw more mm-hmm. because of that. But the other thing was, I realized over the course of this last year, I draw better when I'm telling a story. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a story here. I'm going to illustrate this story from beginning mm-hmm. to end, even if I never finish it ultimately. Mm-hmm. Then I do if I'm just like, "Yeah, eh, I'm going to draw something." Just mm-hmm. some pinups, right? Yeah. Even it's, hard, do, it's hard to do doodling. It's hard to do doodles. pinups. <laughs> like I'm doing these fake Marvel and DC comic book covers, but for each one of those covers, I came up with a story. Well, oh, well, I can tell that, right? No, but I'm right. Saying, just because like, it, it informs yeah. how you right. So, for me, um, I, I acquired a bunch of skills. But I actually accepted and asked for help from people in the sense mm-hmm. of, can you give me some advice about this? What do you think is my foible here? Um, like that. And I completed some things that I didn't think. And I learned some skills. I learned how to composite on Final Cut mm-hmm. because okay. I didn't even know what compositing was. <laughs> right? And if I wanted to hire someone, I can't afford that person. Right. So I want to do X. How do I do X? And there's a good portion of the goal is not... What you said about lifestyle change is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't control whether you're going to get employed. You can't control whether anyone's buying your stuff. All you can say is, this year I'm going to make X number of stories. Right. Maybe you only do 10 of the 15 you planned, but that's 10 more than you had at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, uh, put out these things called the battle books is a good example. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of hawking it, but on another level it, it fits this point. Uh, I got a lot of comic book stories I want to tell, <laughs> and I don't have enough life left to mm-hmm. tell all these damn stories, right? right? But I want to see some of them. So over the course of last year, uh, using the hashtag Visible Women, uh, finding people who are just saying, hey, I'm looking for a job, a couple of recommendations where I ran them down, uh, I found, uh, I think, six artists of different, different you know, colorist, penciler, cover mm-hmm. artists, whatever, um, and I said, look, I don't have a lot of money. What are your rates? I just want to write this and I'll edit it, whatever. Can you do me? And it's not a favor. No. Can I afford you? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people said, no, you can't afford me. Here's my rates. <laughs> I can't afford that. God damn. Yeah. Right? But here's the weirdest thing. A lot of people who are amazing are just starting out or mm. at the middle of their career. Yeah. So what they think of as a top rate for them, which is realistic, mm-hmm. is a rate I can afford. Right? right? So next year when they blow up, right. Or two years from now, and they're like, oh, my God, right? Well, I'm the person who got them on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. They're all happy. I'm happy. Nobody owes anybody anything. Mm -hmm. But had I not looked, I would not have found. Yeah, I know that story. I had an artist (laughs) who I loved, and we were working on something, and then he got, he started, his his email reply started getting longer and longer as why it was. (laughs) Next thing you know, he gets an exclusive deal with Marvel, and I'm like, yeah, but that's unprofessional. A contract's a contract. I, I, I don't want to know that person's name on, on the mic, but I'm already, I'm, st- I'm, I went out of last year. That's another thing. I bit off a little bit more than I could chew last year. I finished the year. I owe myself. Let's tell the people how many things you wrote last year. <laughs> a lot. Because I, I wrote a lot last year, but goddamn it, right. you wrote a lot. You wrote a lot last year. <laughs> I wrote three, well, I did a comic book for Marvel. I did three of my own comics, four of my own comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's series, I guess, in a way. Um, obviously oversaw the writing of Black Panther's Quest mm-hmm. uh, two pilots of which I should have written three and I owed one at the end and I'm <laughs> but you're pro- almost done with the goddamn thing I'm almost <laughs> done with that this weekend it's finally freaking done 
Uh, and I still owe an audio drama to these lovely people who've been waiting almost a year for it mm-hmm. um, that I promised to write. So this year was actually, a, if you don't count the Black Panther stuff, because oversight of every script yeah. means a little bit of rewriting. Totally. script. But uh, if you don't count that, I actually probably wrote slightly less this year than in the previous year. <laughs> but, Isn't that amazing? That's um, crazy. <laughs> but that's not counting unfinished work, things that are in progress, right. things that I'd like to do next. Um, I've decided, oh, Here's something I can control. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write three features next year, for sure. Mm. Definitely going to put three features. This year? Out. This 2019, three features from Jeff. Well, two for sure, and then one, depending on if I have to be the one to direct it. Or <laughs> if I have to be the one to direct it, then that's going to be a fight, because it's going to cost money. But <laughs> two of them for sure are going to come out. Genre features, like horror, magic, all that shit. Awesome. Um, but that's something I can control, mm-hmm. right? Even if I only wrote one page a day, that guarantees me a minimum of two right. features every yeah, year. I know you ain't going to do that. Right? No. I'm going to do a lot more than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, looking around for people who also want to do some component of the thing you want to do, they're mm-hmm. actually, I had, oh, uh, there's a guy on Twitter. This is another thing I do from time to time. I don't recommend it unless you're both relatively high-level professionals, therefore mm-hmm. no one's a serial killer. But... Um, there's a guy who was posting up these things called riggings where you can make a three-dimensional animated figure yeah. and then rig it to talk or move or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's basically what they do in CGI things, but there's a couple of off-the-shelf off the uh, apps that you can buy that you can teach yourself to do it. And okay. do some pretty sophisticated stuff. And he did a Hellboy that I was like, dude, what? <laughs> right? And then I looked him up, and he's like a big-time animation director and writer, and he's just doing this for fun. It's kind of the equivalent of me doodling, right? right? But it was impressive as hell. So I was like, hey, we need to talk. And he DM'd me, are you serious? Hmm. And I was like, uh, in my head, I'm like, well, I kind of wasn't, but yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> so we had a great lunch, and he's great. Okay. Now, he's going to read a couple of scripts of mine. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing comes of it. But maybe something comes Putting out. it out there. We don't know. Right. Both of us had the same basic attitude. It was mm-hmm. like, I like this guy. He's a nice person. Mm-hmm. He seems to be interested in the same crap I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. We've both been around a business enough to sort of know it. Neither of us is big stars of any kind, right? So throw a script at him. If he feels he sparks to it, maybe we partner up. If not, we have a, we have a dialogue. And, well, this just reminds me, and I'll get to you, Chris. <clears throat> reminds me of this. Is, and this just to be a long episode. Fuck it. Whatever. Is, you, I love what you're doing because every, I tell this to everybody. Every producer and director out there, I don't care how big they are, have a project that they are dying to do, some passion project that they can't do. Mm-hmm. It's your job to figure out a way to get in to get, get at them, right? Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige. You feel me? They all have one or two. Well, everybody has it because the thing is, is that this is kind of what goes, this kind of what goes back to your statement about. The AI and the creating books and stuff like that. Even if the AI could create a book, why would it? <laughs> right. No, the, they don't care. Yeah, yeah because, because they get nothing out of it. There's right. no ancillary, right. oh shit, I did this one thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that's the thing about the passion projects. Mm-hmm. It was driving you for a long time. You might say to yourself, I got to do these five projects or, you know, I, 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 I have to do five projects, not they have to be successful, but, but the degree, whatever, I just got to do five, so I have the juice to do this. Oh, you that, know? okay. That's and why then, I was bringing up the, the freaking battle books. Yeah, okay. and, and that's the thing. It's like, and, 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 you, and, and everybody has that. Right. Project they really want to do, and they go, I don't have the juice to do this right now, mm-hmm. but I will soon. 
You know, if I do the right things. Okay, with the battle books. This is a good example, right? I talked about hiring these artists, and they didn't spend as much money as one would think. Almost, really, comparatively, almost nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's the deal. I'm not a comic book company. I'm just some dude, okay? I don't have a lot of overhead. I don't have kids. I'm not going to be doing any giant trips to, you know, Europe or some, whatever. (laughs) But, you know, I don't have a lot of overhead, so I have a certain amount of disposable cash. I can spend it on crap, Mm -hmm. or I can spend it on something. That's one choice right. you can make. You're investing in yourself. Right. Yes. So that gets me the artist, mm-hmm. right? That, that's a couple thousand dollars accumulated over mm-hmm. the three things. The other thing is, I'm just one person. A lot of people bite off more than they can chew. Right. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this amazing giant thing, or these seven amazing giant things. I'm like, really? Just you? Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, you know? But for me, I finally got it. I can't write all the stories that are in these battle books. I call them battle books. So I came up with this scenario. I wrote the first chapter of three different stories. Mm -hmm. I put them all in the market with high-level art, high-level everything. They are equally competent, like, story-wise. Then it's just a matter of who likes what. Mm -hmm. So you you buy a battle book. If you really love it, you start telling your friends, oh, you got to buy this book. Mm -hmm. Whichever one of them sells the most by the the first day of spring, Right, it's arbitrary data is mm-hmm. set. Uh, so basically, you have the whole winner to buy these books or not. Mm-hmm. Um, whichever one wins that sales competition, that's the story that gets to finish to its end, I go to its it. end. Because there's no way I can write all three. That's, I don't have enough time. Yeah. I don't have an, any. Kind, I have to earn money. So right. even if I get another job or even another two jobs, I can still finish one comic book with these people in play, and the others can just sit for whatever. Um, that was me being realistic. Mm-hmm. What an unrealistic thing would have been was I got these three great ideas. Right. I got some money right now. Let me hire up these artists for a two-year contract <laughs> where I got to pay them for these books, these 30 books each. No one can do that. Which, you which, can't do it. Which is funny because, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but on our show, you know, Rick Reminder had, you know, he's got fucking black science and all these other right. He's doing these things while he's show running our show. That's crazy. It was, he's crazy. That's he crazy. was so tired, Of course dude. he was. I it's felt too much. I felt for him. And you have to, what John Rogers always says, you, I mean, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, but you have to know your swing. Right. But it takes time okay. to learn what your swing is. Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, you can set big goals, but then whittle them down to something you can handle, mm-hmm. right? You want to cook the whole turkey. You don't have to eat the whole turkey when you sit down. <laughs> you can have out. a leg. Don't right. You? Have a leg and wait till, <laughs> wait six hours and have a wing, you know? <laughs> so that was one thing I set mm-hmm. my goals up. Not so much to make them more realistic, but don't create self-defeating goals. Yeah. Well, because right? yeah, the worst thing is going to be is that you get to... April first. Mm-hmm. It's always a big t- t- date for me. Um, and and you're like, what have I done? Where am I? Because <laughs> you're forced to look back on them taxes. You well, well, no, no, well, no, no. That's no, all no. I made. What did I get that balloon for? But, but, but there's that whole thing where you kind of like, you know, like the progress meter. Like, where right. am I? And if right. you got a bunch of shit, if you got five things you got to do, then you're like, you know, you either. Not that far, like in all of them, or you've kind of like, you know what, I'm really far here and these other ones are lagging and I feel bad because I want to do these other ones too. And it's like, no, 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 finish that one and then jump on no. Right. But the thing is, it's like you said, you have to know that you can handle all that. You well, know? We were talking about this off, off mic just in a completely other topic, but one of my skills is not finding people to back projects. I don't know how to do it. Mm. I've, I've never been comfortable asking other people for money mm. for my crazy notions. Mm. I don't know how to do that. Mm. But there are some people who do have There's that an art skill. There's an there, art that is a legitimate right. skill set that other yeah. people do have. Yeah. So if you're one of those people, decide on a project and then say by April, 
or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to have at least one backer. Maybe I get them all, or maybe I only get one, but mm-hmm. one by April? <laughs> That's probably doable for a person who right. swims in those waters, right? So you can have a big goal and have it be realistic at the same time. You're not talking yourself out of something. I think what, what, what uh, Hillary was saying about the gym analogy is... People think, oh, I'm going to go in a gym, I'm going to work out really hard for three mm-hmm. weeks, and I'm going to get cut up like those dudes in those movies. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's a whole diet thing. That is for being camera it's ready. Like right, right. right. Months, that's months and months. And by right. the way, and they're being paid. It, that's a lifestyle. Right. They're being paid aggressively to <laughs> yes. basically do nothing but that for those three months to get ready or six months or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So that's their whole life every day, all day. Right. You're not doing that. you got to work. Right. So why are you setting yourself up mm-hmm. for this disappointment and therefore failure mm-hmm. and therefore quitting? Don't. Set a realistic goal of nine months or 10 months. Right. Like by this time, I'm already losing weight. I lost 20 pounds over the last seven months or awesome. something That's like good. that. Whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not intentional. I just changed some lifestyle stuff. That's all it is. Right. <clears throat> by uh, next Comic-Con, I'll fit into my T-shirts the way I yeah, want yeah, to. I that. Now, that's not... I'm going to look like a freaking, you know, superhero or anything, <laughs> but I won't be Luke bending I won't be bending my stomach out in the <laughs> middle of my shirt by the summer. That's a realistic goal. Totally you realistic. can hit that, okay? And what will really happen in a goal like that, and it's writing, it's anything is about midway through when you set the goal for a longer time away, you will be surprised right. to find about halfway through you're doing better than you right. thought and you would. And it's healthy to yeah. lose the weight slower than it is to lose it and faster. And it stays off. It yeah. stays off because it's natural. But that works for writing. It works for art. It works for all of these projects right. that we all have in our heads. Oh, well, yeah. you so, know, Because I, I was telling you correct. earlier, when I came in, it was, it's like there's a, pro, there's a, a manager producer who had read this comic that I did, and he was like, I would love to, to go out with this. Let's go find a writer. And I said, no, I'll write this. I'll, I'll write it. I'm I can write good. this. I'm good. I'll, and he was like, well, if you, you can, you have time. And I was like, you know, I, you know, fuck it. I, and some things got in the way, and I didn't have time to do this because it was back in October. But I spent like, you know, two, the last two weeks of December like outlining the fuck out of this thing. And I already knew the story because like, I don't have a comic, you know? Right. But I was like, okay, I got to write this. I got to write this. So I just spent, you know, I spent what, from the, the 30th till today, and I'm like on page 20. Mm. You know, and it's like it's it's only fifty pages. Let's go. You know, so I'm like, oh, you know, I probably have this done. You know, if if I do ten pages a day, I'll, then I'll, I'll have a, I'll, then I'll, I'll have a readable draft by next Tuesday. There mm-hmm. you go. And I can call him and say, hey, I got the first draft done. Right. Blah blah blah. The rest of, the rest is coming soon, and you'll get the pitch stuff. You know, because it's like that's the you know because but but I felt but la- but I'm typing you know I'm using a Highland thing mm-hmm. and I all these notes in and stuff like that. So I, I don't necessarily know how long it is until I like to compile to right. look at it. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm like I'm I'm good in this. Yeah. I'm I'm farther than I thought. I actually need to be cutting cutting seeds yeah, out. And that's now. why we have edit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a puzzle. Yeah. So you just fucking write it out and then start, you know, yeah. write fat yeah. and whittle it down. Whittle it down, Always. whittle it down. So let me ask you really quickly. So how many things did you write last year in 2018? <sighs> Let's see. Feature, two features, three pilots. Mm-hmm. No, no, two features, two pilots. A comic script and two short stories. Good. Okay. See, the reason why I'm asking these things is because <laughs> I want the listeners to hear. I don't want to say like this is your competition, but you have to be thinking about life. It's a state of play. You feel me? Yeah. You have to be thinking about wow, like these are people who are working. 
and we're not even doing compared to some of our friends we know. Well, fuck yeah. it. Well, fuck it. Like, you feel me? Like, 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 like fucking Eric Heiser wrote, right. his, wrote his thing. Fuck you, Eric. I wrote four, four features, features and two pilots yeah. last year, yeah. and he had a movie come out, and, right. I, and and he was like, you know what? And, and this, he's running his own company at okay, the same look. time, all of this while he's running a company. And right. he's talking about, hey, I want to produce stuff next this year. I'm going to yeah. be in a run a room. I was like, that's crazy that's man but uh, so that's the, the reason why i'm bringing it up is so that people understand so i haven't figured out as I, you know me i'm like fucking all over the place but i guess if i think about it i think i did three pilots mm-hmm. i did a feature and i did, uh, did, your episode I did an, episode, the, an episode of right and you worked on a freaking show six months yeah you know i mean so i mean i was busy and and then i wrote Another the the one I was telling you about I, I I'm like right, half, right. halfway into that okay in the last two weeks okay you know what I mean well it's also yeah. audience members remember right. all of the people here have been doing this a while it isn't always about quantity it's no. fun to talk about quantity because sure. wow damn how'd you write all that right. shit in one year but it's really about quality um, and attainable right. attainable goals right mm-hmm. you five years ago might not have been in the kind of Writer physical fitness Whatever mm-hmm. that is Oh I totally wasn't I right. mean like five years ago I was having trouble Getting getting like a full script out So mm-hmm. again just, Don't Like what just, my dad said A long time ago I wanted to I was I was singing along To a Prince song or something <laughs> And I turned it off And I was trying to like Get it Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna just get this song right. right And I got frustrated And he's like Jeff it's Prince <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what, what is that supposed You're to like, be? He's like, well, one, he's a genius. <laughs> and two, that's all he's been doing for as long, almost as long as you've been alive. Right? <laughs> right? You think you're going to get it in a weekend? Mm-hmm. No. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying you can't do it, mm-hmm. which is a great thing both of my parents would say. It's not that you can't do it. You can't it's that do it there's a, a realistic goal of trying to do it in a weekend right. that's going to disappoint you. It's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a musician? Do you want to learn to play the guitar? Or do you just want to be able to jump around on stage and act like a lunatic? <laughs> if it's the second, go forth and have fun. Right. But if it's the former, mm-hmm. that takes time. It takes a lot of hours in your basement where right. no one is looking at you. Bleeding fingers, right. breaking strings on your fingernails. Just all kinds of weird ass stuff you don't mm-hmm. think about to get to that point where then you... And that's just one instrument. That's bitch. just one instrument. And he plays <laughs> okay. like nine, okay, let's right? I know. So, <laughs> but the point being is that... If if you're going to if you're going to set those people as your bar, you can't look at a Ridley Scott movie right. and you've never made a movie, mm-hmm. any kind of movie, and go next year I'm making Alien One. Goddamn it! <laughs> well, maybe you will. Maybe you're Mozart. Maybe, uh-huh. but what are the odds, right? Well, yeah, but make I a mean, realistic I, yeah, goal. I mean, I mean, like I was watching his first movie like in the summer, The Duelists. Mm. It's a good you movie. know, it's a good mm-hmm. movie. But the thing is that people forget is is that that he won the Camera Door at Cannes that year right. for that for his first movie. You know, it's like because he knew to fuck. I think he'd done a thousand commercials at that point, but a thousand commercials. But again, you, you say that, but people throw that away. But <clears throat> a thousand commercials is, is fucking, is fucking, is that like, like commercials are a little movie, some I of know. them. So, I mean, come on. It how many times you on what, set for that? It depends on how you train. Like I said, I've been drawing my whole life, but in the last two years, because of the advice of a real pro mm-hmm. and the advice of another pro, and this sheer every day really drawing at least something complex. Mm-hmm. I'm way better in the last two years than I got in the t- 10 previous years. Yeah. I'm not anywhere near where I want to be as, a, as an illustrator. Mm-hmm. I may never be as good as I'd like to be. Yeah. Probably won't. But I tell you what, uh, I can go now. <laughs> like I could probably get work again mm-hmm. Like doing this. That's a small little like, oh, all right, right. Jeff. 
you know. But you're putting the work in, but though. I, but you're it's not all just work. Thinking you can right. draw. I'm just not. Oh, damn it! I can draw as well as that motherfucker. No, you can't. You better let's see it. Let's see it. Right. Yeah. Consistently and, too, not just right. like one panel. Right. Just right. not one but panel. Like, let's let's do bring, a book. bring it right. right. Do a book and let me see if you good. I think one of the other things you could do is a goal setting and lifestyle changes to stop looking at um, practice as practice mm. uh, and start looking at it as progress. Right. Right. What did Loki say? Uh, do you uh, do you consider oh Thanos? Do you consider failure experience? And he's like, I consider experience experience, experience. And, and that's a fact. And let me piggyback off of that. It's Everybody, true. it's especially if you live in L.A. and you were like any three of us three in this room, mm-hmm. and all of our friends are like Eric and all those people. Yeah, it's difficult <laughs> to be in this world and watch our friends on the cover of Hollywood Reporter every week. So you have to find within yourself. <laughs> I have literally had my me? enemies on billboards you feel me? like drive by and that's the worst day of your life that year. Right. Really? This motherfucker's right. on a billboard right, right. now. And they Fuck are, you. And they could be the biggest <laughs> Oh dick my god, and you know the shit that would the blow world. them up. Right. No. And I'm not gonna ever do that by the way, right. so don't worry if you're listening. So you have to <laughs> let me I'm gonna give you guys something to do for two thousand nineteen. Put envy in the fucking freezer. Yeah, that's nothing. That's close nothing. the door on that shit. Nothing right. I'm telling you right now. When you do, your life will change. That's you know, because believe me, you know there are some people <laughs> in this fucking world, <laughs> yeah. some bitches who are in this fucking world <laughs> who we see damn there every week. Yeah, on the cover of things, mm-hmm. and I'm like this: Go, girl. Mm-hmm. Go, dude. Mm-hmm. Do your shit mm-hmm. because what is yours is meant for you. Right. And all you could do is be the best at it and be ready for it. That's it. I discovered comic books when I was like seven years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, my dad gave me some comics. I've been writing and making some version of comics since I was a child, mm-hmm. right? For fun, just in your own little notebooks or whatever. A lot of kids do. <clears throat> um, I discovered Star Trek when I was like nine years old. I've been watching and writing Star Trek basically since then, right? In both of those instances, this in this last year, I got to write and be the head writer of the Black Panther cartoon Dude. show, and not just. But see, all of that was leading up to that. What I'm getting at mm-hmm. is, all of that is. I wouldn't call it a culmination of a dream because I never sat down and went. You know what I really want to do? I want to grow right, up and write. Right, the, right. Not like that, but these are real things. They actually mm-hmm. happen to real regular people. Mm-hmm. They're not the result of some lottery win or you happen to be dating the right person. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes that's true of some people, but mostly it's just nose down, head down, keep banging, right? And Look, especially not black folks. Yeah. We got to actually be good for the most part. You have to run. (laughs) You have the the hardest. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. I would say the hardest thing (laughs) that I've had to learn over the years in addition to trusting other people is also trusting that it's your race you're running. Hmm. You're really not running against that other person. If whoever you think of is your nemesis, I don't mm-hmm. know who that is, unless they're actually your nemesis right. where they're literally actually fucking with right. you, really, truly messing with you in your life, whether they win or lose doesn't affect your life, right? Someone you hate gets an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did that change your paycheck? No. Did they not get the Oscar? Someone you love didn't get the Oscar. Right. Does your paycheck in any way change? That's a good no. way to look at it. Good right? Look at Are you in the middle of a project? Does Chris getting to go do something change the status of that project right. tomorrow morning? Oh, that motherfucker on that show. I hate that guy. <laughs> right? Nobody hates Chris. Chris is great. But <laughs> um, 
does him getting something you think you would be great at, does that somehow preclude you from getting something similar for yourself down the line? And does it affect what you're doing right now? The answer is no. Envy is only a cancer, right? I had a roommate in college who literally, back when we were all actors, who literally got cast on a TV show. We all Mm -hmm. snuck down to do an audition. Mm -hmm. And his ass actually got cast on a network TV show. My roommate. It happens. Okay. He did not leave his... um, Resume picture. Back then, there was no um, <laughs> digital anything. You had to leave your resume. So he left his picture, but his somehow his his uh, resume got pulled <laughs> off the back. So nobody knew so who he was. So him. they literally put his wow. resume picture on the on the evening news that night. Says, "If you know this Are dude, we me? have a job waiting for him at MGM." Wow. Okay. Uh, long story short, he took this job. Obviously, he left college and went and did that because he's not an idiot, mm-hmm. but. You, you're conditioned to think, oh, well, the lightning struck, right? Lightning struck my friend. I was standing next to the mm-hmm. lightning, but obviously it hit him, and that's it for me. I might as well stop being an actor right. now because that's the guy who got the lottery win. He's going to go off to. <laughs> who stands next to a lottery winner, and then they win the lottery? Nobody, right? It's not a lottery. No. It's not a lottery win. No. It's not about, there is luck. There's right. a giant factor of luck. But some of the, it's a, people turn down things. People, it's like that story I tell you about Michael Clayton. Mm-hmm. Is that the first person that Tony Gilroy wanted for that Michael Clayton was Denzel Washington? Oh shit! And Denzel was like, "I'm not doing because this guy's never directed a movie before." <laughs> really, Denzel? <laughs> yeah, really. Come on, man. <clears throat> well, if, well, if you look at his career, he he hasn't really worked with first-time directors. There's a lot of guys like that, no. but he turns it down. And Mr. Clooney, because he talked about it in his in his article, they were like, "Is there is there is there anything that you regretted?" It was like <coughs> GQ article. And he was like, "Yeah, that was a thing I regretted." Because okay. he because because he could have rocked he, he that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he would have killed that part yeah. too. And he, you know what? And I think that George got an Oscar for that. But it's like, <laughs> but, but that's also yeah. a good that's also a good thing to look at and see. You're not always right. Yeah. Nope. You know what I mean? And good I, or bad. You know, right. You know, I talk, my mentor talks about movies and TV shows that he turns down all the time. It's like, damn, I should have did that. We would have been, we're wealthy now, but we would have been fucking. You're crazy <laughs> you know rich mean? now. I'm yeah. talking about some big shows. Yeah. And so you're ne- every, nobody's always right. You, you have to I mean? run your own. You have to really start. It's taken me a long time. I'm middle aged now, and I'm yeah. starting to finally, finally realize you're running your own race. Right. right? If the, earliest in, the earlier in your career you can figure that out, yeah. the better for you. The better for everyone. So if this no. is the year you decide, I want to do X, I want to direct, I want to write, I want to act, I want to be really in this thing, there are some very specific steps to take right. that aren't defeating you when they don't win because it's a process you're adopting rather. It's a lifestyle you're adopting rather and, than a and, diet. And be, last thing I'm going to say because we're getting late is one last piece of game. As you get older... Right now, you, because you just said middle age, you just reminded me of something. Well, I plan to be, live to be like 190. So well, we're vampires, so we yeah, can't help it. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> is if you are, let's just say, if you're over 40, right, and you guys are out there, and you haven't made it, whatever you call made it is, right? Yeah. Because some people just want to work and they'll be fine, and that's making it to them. Yeah, right? and that's some great. people want to be a showrunner and a superstar, and that's great. So that, too. they're two different things. So. If you haven't gotten that thing that you want, just know this. You are now 40, and what you know at 40 is not what you knew at 30. So you are actually more prepared now than you were at 30. On that note, oh, wait. where you at, Chris? Oh, okay. <clears throat> I'm at, you know, we can talk all fucking yeah, day about We need to do show. like eight episodes <laughs> of this. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, unauthorizedcbd. Where you at, Jeff? 
I'm at uh, Jeff Thorne. Sale, whatever you got. JeffreyThorne.com. <laughs> but more important than that, please go onto Amazon and purchase one or more of the battle books. Uh, the battle books, uh, Pilgrim, Red Jack, mm-hmm. and The Return of Cadre One. They are in competition with one another. <laughs> Whichever one of them wins gets to live, and the other two, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, battle books, Amazon.com, Jeffrey with a G, <clears throat> Jeffrey, G E O F F R E Y, Thorne. <laughs> the British way. British way in both <laughs> names with an E at the end of Thorne. Thank you, mom and dad. Um, Everybody think you white when they see you. I know they all think I'm white, <laughs> and they're so surprised. Hilliard Guest and Jeffrey Thorne, <laughs> two British These guys are black as hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, buy the books; they're really big fun. And the one fun part of the books is you don't need to know anything. This is not one of those things where you know some deep universe. How many different yeah. versions of Venom are there, <laughs> or which Superman is this I'm looking at? Right. You are in on the ground floor. These are totally <laughs> fun things. The art's great. The stories are fun. You will have a ball deciding which one should live. Right. That's what's up. Thank you. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Please go on our new Patreon page where we'll have the links to Jeff's Battle Books. Um, oh, I got a Patreon page too, but I remember what it's called. Oh. So I'll link to you guys. <laughs> Let me know what it is. Yeah, tell Chris and he'll, he'll put it in there. We'll put it in um, the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to Lisa, wherever she is. Lisa! Um, <laughs> Happy New Year. Just want to remind you guys, the TV show that I was writing on last season... It'll be dropping January the 16th what? on Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Deadly Class. Deadly Class. And you guys can actually watch the pilot right now on Sci-Fi.com, and I believe it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, you can watch the pilot. Hey, I'll do that this weekend. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Um, very I proud of it. You know, we had, we had a great team in there. Um, yeah, that's about it. A lot of good shit going on. It's going to be a great year. We're going to send you off. Dem's got the house, baby. Dem's got the house. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's up. So everybody joining me. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. (laughs) We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2019. 2019. Peace, y'all. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.